Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Actus Radio, the nation's only radio program dedicated to the clinical documentation improvement profession. Actus Radio is a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news and information relevant to the CDI profession and to Actus. Today, Wednesday, March 14, marks our 92nd program. So my name is Brian Murphy, Director of Actus, the Association of Clinical Documentation Improvement Specialists, and I'm your host for today's program, Advancing Your CDI Department Case Study. I'm joined today by my familiar co-host, Charm Brody, on left of your screen there. By way of background, Charm is a full-time instructor first here at Actus, teaching our CDI boot camps, as well as a subject matter expert. Sharma has more than 35 years in the healthcare industry, including multiple areas of nursing and a variety of roles. Prior to joining us at Actus, she worked as a consultant, providing program audits, implementation, and continuing education in CDI. Uh, she's the co-author of our recently published Essential Guide to Supporting Quality Care Measures Through Documentation Improvement, and has written many articles for our publications, CDI Journal and CDI Strategies. So welcome to the program, Charm. Hi, Brian. I love that I've become familiar. I love that. <laughs> You're very familiar, very familiar, <laughs> and a welcome guest. Thank you. All right. Uh, next, I'd like to introduce our two uh, industry guests today, both from the same facility. So we have with us uh, Don Divin. Dawn is a CDI specialist for West Virginia University Medicine and Med Partners. Uh, her 12 years of CDI experience has included various speaking engagements, including at the national level. Uh, in 2015, she developed the Advanced CDI-focused program for WVU Medicine, which she'll be talking about with us today, and is currently developing their outpatient CDI program. Her nursing experience includes ICU, med surge, cardiac home care, and Dawn of an extended, uh, DON of an extended care unit. So welcome to the program, Dawn. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate the opportunity All to right. be here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm also joined with uh, by today by Dawn's colleague, uh, Sherry Nay. Sherry is a clinical documentation specialist also with West Virginia University Hospital. In addition to direct patient care, her nursing career consists of positions in staff development, employee health, nursing administration, case management, UR. Uh, she began working at CDI way back in the early days of 07 when MSDRGs were first introduced. She joined WVU uh, Medicine's CDI program in 2011. And uh, as we'll be hearing today, she covers specific units including cardiology, cardiac surgery, thoracic surgery, and interventional cardiology services. Uh, I met these two when they were speaking at the AHIMA 2016 National Convention, and um, that was the genesis of today's show, and I'm glad to have her on as well. So welcome to the program, Sherry. Thank you, Brian. It's my pleasure. Great. All right. Well, as we always do, we are going to start with a uh, poll question related to today's show. We ask you to please take a look at that and select the option that best pertains to you. So the question reads, at what level would you describe the current state of your CDI department? I've kind of put a few parameters around what we think may, may help get you into the right bucket. Realize this is subjective, but would you describe it as beginner, 
Maybe you're focused really on the basic CC, MCC capture, maybe Medicare patients. Um, would you describe that your focus as, or the state of your department as intermediate? Maybe you've moved into quality care measures or all payer review? Or would you describe it as advanced? Um, one for a possible definition of advanced is your full clinical integration with all services or outpatient. Um, or maybe you don't know or wouldn't know how to describe it or not applicable to your situation. Again, how would you describe the current state? Beginner, intermediate, uh, advanced, don't know, or not applicable? All right, I'm showing about 75% of our audience has voted, so I'm going to go ahead and close this out, and we will um, return to this question in uh, after our interview with our guest today. So as I mentioned, our guests are Don Divin, Sherry Nay. Don and Sherry, welcome to the program, and thanks for being a part of Actus Radio today. You know, let's jump right in. I had the poll question up a minute ago where I asked people to define uh, what they mean uh, excuse me, define where they are with their CDI department. I was hoping you guys could maybe share with our audience how you define advanced CDI. That is the topic of today's show. You know, it's it's one I found over the years to be rather subjective. One person's advanced could be another's intermediate and vice versa. So maybe you could talk a little bit, and I'll start by directing this to you, Don, about what you mean by advanced CDI. Sure, Brian, thank you. Um, typically, when a CDI program begins, the focus is on DRG optimization and justifying that program to administration. Um, like most programs, that's exactly how we started, and we were able to show a significant financial impact, which obviously is incredibly important when you want to launch a program. Um, however, this practice went on for at least eight years when the program was more than justified at that point. And we felt that there needed to be something more for CDI, that we could have a greater impact. And in 2015, it was becoming evident to us that the industry was changing its focus to quality patient care. Uh, they were introducing PSIs, hacks, value-based purchasing, present on admission status, mortality, and the readmission re reduction program. Um, we wondered what would happen if CDI did the same. And CDI became an integral part of patient care and that shift to quality. So our thought was that in doing so, CDI had the potential for an even greater impact beyond straight reimbursement. So we decided to break down the walls and that confined us uh, and kept us in front of a computer screen, looking solely at Medicare charts day after day and striving to touch as many charts as possible. And we often fell short of that goal because we have a small staff and a large population. Uh, we were placing repetitive queries that focused on DRG optimization and we were overlooking the aspect of quality care. So knowing that WVU Medicine truly strives to put their patients first, we felt it was fair to the patient if we stopped worrying about maximizing reimbursement and started focusing on exactly what was going on with that patient, analyzing every diagnosis and status that impacted their hospital stay. In the end, we believed we would capture their true severity of illness and their risk of mortality. So from WVU's perspective, our definition of an advanced program is one that has moved on beyond the reimbursement and has incorporated quality initiatives, looked at all payers, and actually the CDI members become uh, a respected and recognized member of the patient care team. And we work with providers to paint the most accurate picture of their patient population. 
Gotcha. Thanks, Tom. Before we move on to a question for Sherry, I was maybe you could for our audience. You mentioned the, the staff size. What 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 bed size are you guys, and how many positions do you have on on staff there for CDI? We have a 600 bed hospital, and currently, right now, we have eight CDIs. All right. Thank you, Don. Ah, I'll take it from here then. Uh, Sherry, I'll direct this question at you since Don just answered that one for us. Um, physician education seems to be a key component of your program. So if you could uh, just describe what your physician, physician education looks like compared to what others might do, you know, that quick join a meeting, get five minutes maybe to talk to the physician. But I must tell you, I love the what you said about querying, that they irritate. That's just a funny statement. Uh, irritates not educate. So uh, if you could elaborate on that a little bit too, that would be great. That's a great question, Sharm. The success of advancing our CDI program was contingent upon changing our focus. Our goal was accuracy. We all know that a successful CDI program facilitates the accurate representation of a patient's clinical status. Thus, we then have accurate coded data we determined that the key to accuracy was physician education. And as you mentioned, providers become irritated by too many queries. So we wanted to find a way to limit them. We recognized what the provider was not saying, identified patterns, and then we educated. We are very fortunate to have involved department heads, and we have a presence at service-based and mortality meetings. Um, we are engaged with our providers, they rely on the CDI specialist to know their educational needs and their weaknesses. WVU Medicine is a teaching hospital, and CDI is responsible for education of new residents. During our shift to the advanced CDI program, we accommodated our physician's um, educational style by rounding and offering group as well as one-on-one -on -one sessions. We logged over 100 physician education sessions in one year. Currently, we meet with the new providers during their first two weeks of onboarding, and then after 45 to 60 days, a second educational session is offered to review specific documentation challenges. This process takes a deeper dive with our advanced practice providers, whose onboarding is similar, but with more frequent meetings, including one-on-one -on -one or service-specific educational sessions, as well as that five to 10-minute meeting that you mentioned, I love where you said accuracy, that, you know, I, I keyword accuracy, I like that. Thank you. Absolutely, right, that's, that, that's amazing. Yeah, 100 sessions of education in one year is, is pretty remarkable. Um, we'll get maybe a little later in the program about how you get that, that buy-in. Um, but maybe we could talk a little bit about uh, another advanced concept you guys have mentioned to me prior to the show is that you allow CDIs to, you know, own their own individual service lines. Um, can you describe a little bit about what that means? Do, do they have, you know, do your CDI specialists have prior clinical experience in these service lines? You know, and maybe why you decided to do that, does, does sort of owning that service line lead to maybe a deeper quality of review? and and finally, maybe you could provide an example of what a targeted review in a service line might look like. Sure, this is Dawn. 
Um, what we mean by owning a service line is that ECDI is not only responsible for reviewing the cases for specific services, but like Sherry mentioned, um, we provide customized education to the staff, their residents, and the APPs. Uh, ECDI attends mortality meetings for their services. They provide reporting as requested um, by those departments. Some departments want to see specific reports, and so the CDI is responsible for providing them with that information. Uh, the CDI identifies documentation weaknesses and strengths and reports to the departments what they need education on, what they need to improve on, and, and just, they discuss topics that maybe are a little blurry, where from the clinical side, the physician sees something from one perspective where we're coming from middle ground, where we're in between the coding and the clinical side, and we can help explain that and make that a little clearer for the physicians. And sometimes they avoid queries because they don't even understand why you're asking the question. Um, so they take ownership of service line data, such as severity of illness, risk, and mortality values. They take ownership of the mortality. And the expectation is to drill down and determine any documentation issues that may be impacting that data with the purpose of offering appropriate feedback to the providers. That's what owning that means. They become part of that department team. Um, on the subject of signing service lines, we did, did take into consideration backgrounds and experience. Uh, we also needed, though, to balance the workload based on discharge volumes per service so that the number of cases per queue, per work queue, would be similar. Um, we have a mixture of experienced RNs and experienced coders, and ECDI was able to voice where they were most knowledgeable and comfortable, and whenever that was possible, we honored that. Um, that strength of knowledge absolutely has led to more sophisticated queries, and it has contributed to a more professional relationship with the providers. So that has been a win-win for the departments and the physicians. Um, as far as targeted reviews, targeted reviews are something that a facility can decide individually uh, as to where they may be lacking. Um, it can vary anywhere from coding of unspecified principal diagnosis codes, there's too many of those, or uh, we even tackled the controversial, ever-popular topic of sepsis. Um, so we worked with our quality department and our IT department and developed a best practice alert so that certain criteria were met and uh, these cases would go into a sepsis queue and the CDI had to enter that queue and look for cases that were in their service lines that maybe were flagged for a potential sepsis and they needed to evaluate whether that diagnosis was appropriate um, or if a query needed to be placed to clarify the information a little further before we labeled that chart as sepsis. So that's how our BPA alerts have worked. Excellent. So so those guys are uh, your, your CDIs that maybe identify the service line they're most comfortable with you and you try to meet those. They're, that, they're assigned to those. They're not going across units. No, we actually have our own work queues. So, for instance, when I, I work primarily outpatient now, but when I was on the inpatient side for CVI, I had neurosurgery and I had the med hospitalist. So, that, those cases fell into that queue for me. That was Dawn's queue. Gotcha. And I reviewed those, reviewed those cases and then I communicated with those physicians personally. Gotcha. Thank you. Very nice. Um, Sherry, I'll direct this one to you. Uh, you mentioned moving beyond the CC and MCC capture, uh, capturing to PSIs, hacks, mortality reviews, and even readmissions. Can you talk about these areas of focus, how you handle them, 
uh, and maybe talk a little bit about or emphasize the readmission angle. Um, you don't often, you really don't often hear about CDIs dealing with readmissions. The others I'm seeing a little bit, but the readmissions was a new one for me. Yes, it, it definitely is. Um, Charm, moving beyond CC and MCC capture involved shifting the CDI focus to a quality review. We had to incorporate a value-based approach to our CDI program. We had to restructure. Value-based reviews require a different skill set as PSIs and HACs are risk-adjusted. HACs are easily identified and already classified as your CCs or MCCs, but they have different risk adjustment calculations. Our team learned to review diagnoses and procedures for inclusion and exclusion criteria. We begin to identify cases that fell within a measure cohort, and we collaborated with the quality department to obtain greater specificity, as well as accuracy of the POA indicators. As an example, PSI 3, pressure ulcer, stage 3, 4, or unstageable, is impacted by the diagnoses of um, paraplegia, quadriplegia, anoxic brain injury, and certain skin disorders. So our goal is to accurately reflect if any of these diagnoses are clinically valid. We identify PSIs concurrently and have built best practice alerts, as Dawn mentioned, in our electronic medical record. These trigger when assigned clinical indicators are met. Then the chart is routed to a specific work queue for review. We utilize the AMC risk model summary tool to capture comorbid conditions and to identify what we did not document accurately. We also use the AMC tool when reviewing mortality charts. And with our mortality reviews, once again, we focus on accuracy. Many diagnoses impact risk of mortality without changing the DRG or affecting reimbursement. But when documented, they have an impact on the observed to expected ratios. CDI is involved with the readmission reduction program for CHF and AMI. We have a heart failure quality team that has had great success in reducing our heart failure readmission rates. We have an interdisciplinary team that meets monthly to discuss appropriate management of heart failure patients. Concurrently, the CDI, which is myself, meets with the heart failure, heart failure specialty care nurse and the physician to review cases. Um, the CDI specialist reviews index admissions for appropriate DRG assignment, specifically sequencing of the principal diagnosis. We also um, design HMP templates to help capture risk adjust adjustment factors. And Charm, because our goal is complete and accurate documentation and coding, CDI is positioned to improve mortality, complication, and readmission rates. Wow. Can I ask you a question? How do you divvy them up? I'm sorry, Brian. I've just been listening to that. That's a lot of nope. work above and beyond the regular, um, and I say regular, that's probably not the appropriate term I want to use, but beyond the job description of a CDI. So how do you divvy those all up with your CDI? Well, each CDI is different, and um, our service lines have different needs. So my typical day may look different than that of my coworker. It just depends on what your service line needs at the time. We focus a lot on education. Once you go through periods of educational sessions, then you have time to do your reviews and your audits. 
and we prioritize our reviews as much as possible. Okay, thank you. Just a quick addition for you, Sherry, or even Dawn. You know, you, you mentioned AMC tool. I got a couple questions about what what you use for um, electronic tools or what what EMR system you use. Could you just quickly clarify that for our folks that are asking questions about that? Sure. We use um, Epic for our electronic medical records. We use 3M 360 for our documentation reviews. We do our reviews out of the 3M 360 product. We use the um, ROC tool for reporting, and we rely on Vizient data. Our quality department shares the AMC risk adjustment tool. It's a tool that you can use to plug in different DRGs and diagnosis and see what the inclusion and exclusions are. Right. You guys are well equipped there. You know, we're we're about at the top of the hour. Um, and there's so much more we could talk about. So I really appreciate what you guys said, what you guys shared today. Maybe just to wrap up, um, making the case to advance your program this way that 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 could not have been easy everything you mentioned today sounds great but probably isn't the easiest of sell with administration is there any way in and you mentioned you had already proven your worth over the years maybe that's the answer but how, how do you if you're if you're a listener listening to this program you want to expand like you guys have what is the best way that you might suggest to to make that case for for administration uh this is john um I agree. It's, it's difficult to sell this to administration. When you say that you're going to walk away from reimbursement, uh, their eyes are going to mm -hmm. swell and they're going to look like deers in a headlight, you know. Um, but fortunately, our immediate leadership at the time was willing to think outside the box. Um, and that it takes that. It takes a strong team to walk up to leadership and say the industry is changing and we need to do the same. Um, I got to give a shout out to, to our leadership. They were fantastic. Chris Matheny, our director, listened to what we had to say based on what we knew from that research regarding where the industry was headed. Uh, we explained that if we brought provider education to the forefront and focused on accuracy and documentation, it would stand a reason that those MCCs and CCs, the risk of mortality, the severity of illness, the DRG optimization and reimbursement, all of that uh, would take care of itself. If you have an accurate chart, you're going to pick up that information and it's going to um, go out on the claim. Um, in addition, this change in practice would impact denials and quality measures, the CMI, medical. it would help um, justify medical necessity. So when they saw all of that potential impact, um, they were able to buy in. Uh, it made sense. And first, you know, I have to say most importantly, um, it provides the patient with an accurate record, and that should be first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, really appreciate you guys sharing your your great uh, case study today. Hope hope our listeners took away a few actionable items from this and um, some great stuff. Let's go ahead and share our poll results. Um, again, we asked folks um, how in what state would they describe their their current CDI program. Uh, it looks like we've got 15% describe it as beginner, maybe focused on basic goals like CC or MCC capture. Uh, most, 48%, would describe themselves as the intermediate range. They're moving into quality or moving into all payers. About 31% would describe themselves as advanced, uh, full clinical integration. 
be interesting to see of those 31% how how they compare to you guys. But uh, about about a third, maybe a little less than a third, is advanced, and then 1% uh, don't know and 4% not applicable. So any uh, any thoughts here on the results? Anything um, surprising to you guys, uh, Don and Sherry, about the, the the way our audience has answered this poll question? Uh, this is Dawn. No, actually, um, this is great. I, I think that everybody is realizing where the industry is going, and we're seeing the demand for quality care and being able to prove that through documentation. So I think everyone is, is seeing that and stepping up. It's great to see that they're intermediate and they're moving into quality and trying to incorporate all payers. Um, it's difficult to sell the advanced version, like we said, um, but it looks like some people are starting to head that way at 31%. Um, hopefully this, this will help. Right. How about you, Sharm uh, or, or, or Sherry, any thoughts there? I'll let Sherry go first. Um, I agree with Dawn. I'm very happy to see that 31% of our um, cohorts are advancing their programs. I actually, I will say I'm a little surprised at that. I, I thought it might be a little lower. I'm very surprised by it, so I'm glad you have to. I wonder if after listening, if we ask the question again after this program, I wonder if they would all agree what advanced was. Like Brian had said in the very right. beginning, it's very subjective. So um, that I would be curious. Quality, I see. Um, I, you know, people coming to the boot camps, they are moving towards quality. I just, I wonder if, they, if they've gotten to the point of advanced though. And listening to your platforms and what you're doing, it's just, that to me would be advanced. Right. All right. Well, at this point, we're going to shift briefly to an in the news segment. Again, in the news is a regular segment featuring the latest news and industry updates relevant to the CDI profession. Um, speaking of advancing your CDI department, there's a new initiative afoot from CMS that's driving reimbursement away from fee for service and toward uh, pay for performance in kind of a big way. If you haven't heard of this, it's called the bundled payments for Care Improvement Advanced, kind of a mouthful, or BPCI. Um, I'm showing you on my screen right now uh, a fact sheet from CMS. I can, as I always do, I will provide the link to this in the notes after the show on the website. Um, we also, Actus, um, did a short article on this with some helpful links that you can check out on the Actus website announcing this new payment model. Um, Really, it, it's it's probably a little out of the box for CDI, but it's tied into some of the things that, that Don and Sherry were talking about today. Uh, it's a new initiative in which CDI can make an impact. We know that several quality programs are in a little bit, perhaps, of a state of flux uh, in, under the new administration, but bundled payments does not seem to be one of them. Um, CMS Administrator Seema Verma recently stated that uh, the new administration will continue to push the development of payment models that tie payment to quality outcomes. Um, this particular payment model, BPCI Advanced, uh, is one worth paying attention to. I listened to a recent um, advanced open forum Q&A session. There was more than 600 questions CMS received about it. Uh, they looked at trends in those questions, answered those of the greatest appeal. You can find some links um, to those uh, recordings on the CMS website. 
Uh, this ensures a voluntary um, payment program open to hospitals and accountable care organizations, as well as physician groups and small unaffiliated physician practices. Uh, really, the heart of it is it includes 32 clinical episodes. I'm going to scroll down just to show you what those are. Uh, there's 29 inpatient clinical episodes. Um, you know, things like major joint replacement of the lower extremities, C, uh, CHF, COPD, many others. There's also three outpatient clinical episodes. Uh, these are driven, as you can see here, by uh, qualifying MSDRGs um, or for a hospital outpatient, a qualifying HCPCS code. So these are things that CDI can impact. You know, when they clarify diagnoses, they, they will fall into these inclusion or exclusion criteria used in these risk adjustment models. Um, and CMS on a recent conference call stated that it is expanding the inclusions list to include additional MSDRGs. So really the takeaway here is that CDI professionals should understand how these bundles are built, the impact the bundles have. If your hospital is considering joining a BPCI, um, it's a great way to uh, expand the reach of your CDI program as well as increase physician buy-in. Um, because this has impact on their payments as well, being a bundled payment, you know, and it's it's an interesting model, one worth checking out. Again, I will provide a link to it after the show. Just curious, Don or Sherry, does WVU plan to participate in this or maybe have participated in a prior bundled payment initiative? Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on the BPCI. Um, Brian, this is Sherry. We have submitted an application to uh, participate in the BPCI advanced. There's a March 12th deadline, so we felt that we should apply. However, we are not sure that we will end up participating. And if we do, probably only in a couple bundles. Okay. All right, well, certainly worth checking out and uh, appreciate that guys. We'll, with this, we're gonna, which we know we're at the top of the hour, just briefly on our Actus update. This is a uh, segment of the show where I talk about um, things going on inside of Actus. I wanted just to remind our listeners that um, the Actus conference is coming up in May, May 21 to 24. We're in beautiful San Antonio, right on the Riverwalk. You know, just having got tw 24 inches of snow dumped on us here in New England, I'm looking forward to, to getting out of the state for a little while in May to a beautiful city. Um, one important note, our early bird deadline is next week, March 20th. So you can save $100 on admission by signing up before the early bird deadline. So if you haven't yet, do that. Uh, I'm sharing here a part of the brochure um, for the conference. Quickly, three sessions for you. There, we have 55 sessions on the podium, quite a number. Um, just a few that I that caught my eye in a quick spin through before the show. We've got a session, uh, CDI for Surgeons, What You and They Need to Know, presented by a physician, Trayla Charite, who is a uh, regular columnist for our journal, is a physician advisor at University of Tennessee Medical Center. Uh, worth That's worth checking out. Um, speaking of quality, I'm going to scroll down to this session here. Uh, is CDI the secret to success? How the top-ranked hospitals outperform their peers in quality. Um, so, a lot of things we talked about today: how how clinically focused CDI programs can outperform their peers in mortality ratings. Um, 
and this gets into the the link between patient outcomes, hospital rankings, some of those um, uh, scores that are hard to to determine how they work. We're going to get into that in this advanced session here. And then lastly, one other cool session I wanted to briefly highlight for you. I don't know if I, I covered this uh, news item um, on a prior in the news. Uh, Vident Health Hospital was recently uh, audited for malnutrition, uh, severe malnutrition by the OIG. Uh, we actually have that case study on the podium. Vident's going to be talking about their experience with this audit um, and how they've responded to the audit. And they're, they're actually, they're really beautiful response and where that stands. So those are just three sessions out of more than 50 that we have on the podium. Um, and we've got some great keynotes. We've got a wonderful closing night reception on the last night of the conference. That's just $25 additional if you'd like to attend that. We need to get an accurate headcount to the hotel, hence the small charge. But a um, lot going on at the Actus Conference. Six tracks, a whole new track for pediatrics this year is brand new. That's track six. Um, we've got a CMS rep on day two talking about some of these um, regulatory updates and pay for performance. So hope you can make it. Um, again, early birds next week. So if you haven't signed up, uh, what are you waiting for? Go ahead and do that. So with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. Um, we hope you can join us again in two weeks. We're going to actually start with some previews of some sessions. Um, these are standalone so that you don't, you don't have to go to the conference to learn from these sessions, but we're going to be basically taking a part of them and showing them on Actus Radio, starting with a session on palliative medicine and the CD and the impact the CDI can have in this area. So that will be on Wednesday, March 28th. We hope you can join us for that show. Again, want to thank um, Sherry and Don for being here today. Great job, guys. Uh, for our listeners, if you have any questions, comments about this show or ideas for future shows, you can get me at bmurphy at actus.org. That will do it today. Uh, thanks, everyone. We'll see you back here again in two weeks.